As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, folks, let's uh, let's get started here in just a couple minutes. We'll give a... a little bit of time for the room to fill up. Hope you guys are having a good day. It's freaking beautiful outside. I hope you can you know, take a walk while you're while you're joining us. Hope this doesn't keep you inside. That'd be a crime. We don't have too many days like this left before the winter settles in. It is beautiful out there. Feels like springtime playoff hockey, um, which is a nice little treat at this, especially the way it was a couple weeks ago. Okay, so uh, let's get to some news and notes first. A interesting morning at the rink today. Uh, Patrick Liney joined the Blue Jackets for morning skate. Most importantly, he will join the Blue Jackets for the game tonight against Arizona. He's back. Um, missed seven games. I think, I know, this is ahead of schedule. Uh, I think they're they're all pleasantly surprised by this. Now, he... He says that he's not restricted in any way. Brad Larson said he wouldn't be playing if he weren't 100%. I don't want to doubt those guys, and maybe it's just because it was the morning skate, but it did look like Line A was was, um, maybe shooting at 80% on his slap shot. Um, Again, that could very well be just because of the morning skate, not necessarily a suggestion that he's restricted in any way, but it will be something to watch tonight if he really lets one go on on the slap shot. The elbow... That hyperextended was his right elbow, which is where a lot of the force on that incredible slap shot comes from. Um, but he is back. And so the Lions go back uh, to a, a familiar look from early in the season, although they didn't last long then. Let me go through this for you real quick because I know those are of interest to you. Um, Line it goes right back with Gaudreau and Boone Jenner. That's where Gustav Nyquist had been most recently. Uh, the second line remains 91, 96, 93. That's Johnson, Roslovic, Voracek. Uh, Gustav Nyquist goes from the, the first line spot now taken by Line A. He goes into a third line role with left to right Chinikov, Sillinger, and Nyquist. He's replacing Justin Danforth, who is out. And it sounds like that one might be a while. We'll get to the injuries in just a second. And then the fourth line is Robinson, Corrali. Olivier, no changes there. Uh, on defense, it was a little hard to get pairs today uh, because they were 
they were messed up a bit. Um, they have, they're trying to give all seven guys work, including Gavin Bayreuther, who was brought up uh, from Cleveland ostensibly to be the seventh. He will be the seventh defenseman tonight. So what it looks like to me is that Gavrikov goes in with Bo, sorry, Bokris goes in with Gavrikov, and Peak will play with Borensky. The third pair then would be the same, Bean and Goodbranson. Uh, of particular note, perhaps as a secondary story beyond the return of Line A, Daniil Tarasov is starting again tonight, his second straight start. He played so well, as you know, in New York. Um, and Brad, Lar- I asked Brad Larson today, does Tarasov, based on that performance, does he deserve to start playing more frequently than just when Merzlikens needs a break? And Brad Larson basically said, we are open for business here. Um, if, he continue, if he plays well, he is going to play. Um, and then he also said he spoke with Merzlikens because they've not gotten the best of Merzlikens. He said, I know that. Merzlikens knows this. I'm not quoting directly, of course. Um, and so the, the, they spoke. And, and uh, you know, uh, listen, Elvis is a big boy. He knows he's he hasn't played great. Uh, and Tarasov was pretty damn good in New York. So, uh, you know, this is a team first situation above anything else. So Tara, Tarasov goes in. And I, I would be fascinated to see how long he holds the pipes if he continues to play well. Um, as for the injuries we talked about, no update on um, Nick Blankenberg. They said today it is day-to-day. He appeared to ex- hyperextend his elbow, too. How strange is it that we've had two of those in the first seven games of the year? Um, but but Blankenberg is seen as day-to-day. He did not skate this morning. That's why Bayreuther is here as the seventh. That's why Bokovic goes back into the lineup. Um, and D- Danforth, the team has not exactly said what is wrong with Danforth other than I believe they've set up a body. Um, but the suggestion is that this one might be a while. Um, and Larson spoke today about his disappointment for Danforth, given how well he's played and how he's become such a Swiss army knife uh, for Brad Larson. Put him here, put him there, put him this spot, that spot. Um, with Danforth out, Nyquist goes in. He is now on the second power play unit um, net front. Let me just go over those for you, too, because I know some people are interested in those. The first unit remains Boone at net front. Left to right, there's a change here. Line A goes in. Obviously, that's change. Kent Johnson is now the bumper on the top unit. And uh, Goudreau's on the right side. Wierenski remains the point. Second unit, this is an interesting one. Uh, Nyquist is at the top. He's net front. And then Chinikov, Sillinger, Voracek across the middle with Boquist running the point. Uh, of note to me is that nowhere in there is Roslovic, who I think has played pretty well. Um, but boy, you know, what a good sign uh, for this club that tough decisions like that are made. That Roslovic, meh, maybe he's not the perfect fit for the power play right now, uh, even though he's playing really well. Liam Foody comes into the lineup for a couple of games, has two assists, played pretty well in New York. He's not in the lineup tonight either. Healthy scratch. Um, so as tough as those comedian, as tough as those calls are, um, it's a sign of a good team that you've got guys playing well sitting on the bench. Um, I think that covers sort of the news uh, of of it. The Blue Jackets play at home tonight against Arizona, of course. Um, but if they win tonight, they're back to five hundred. They face a game on Friday. 
against Boston, old friend Nick Bellino back in the building. And then it gets really interesting Sunday. They go to New Jersey to play a 2 o'clock game. And after that 2 o'clock game, they depart for Helsinki, Finland. And we're going to make that trip. The Athletic is, is going to go. Uh, Colorado's going to have a writer there. Peter Ball and myself will be there. Um, and we're going to have a lot of fun. If you are over there, stay tuned. Um, I think we're going to try to plan some sort of a meetup while we're over there. I understand there are lots of Blue Jackets fans coming. Um, so that would be something fun uh, to do. Uh, let's get to the questions here. Um, we're going to go first to the stage. And if, if you have a question you'd like to ask, uh, you can either text it or you can you can step up to this to the stage and, and I'll bring into the conversation. Kyle. Hey, Porty, how are you? Good, Kyle. How about yourself? Oh, living the dream down here. So um, I to steal a phrase from you, you've used this term before referring to the roster as a living, breathing thing. It's fluid. It's never set in stone. Yeah. With the emergence of Nick Blankenberg. Um, who's obviously day-to-day right now, but Boquist was chosen as the healthy scratch. There's a lot of right shots on the defense, which is not, or that's normally something that is uh, uh, looked for in by other teams. Sure. David Juracek, Corson Kuhlman's, the pipeline. Where does this put Boquist in his long-term projection with the club? I know we got the contract extension going into the year, but, where is he at? Obviously, when uh, the big piece of the Seth Jones trade was he was, you know, kind of the one of the centerpieces of it. Now, where does that stand here almost uh, two years later? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the centerpiece of that Seth Jones trade should be seen to be the first round draft pick um, both that year and the next year. And I think they wanted Bokvist, certainly. Um, I think he was more. Not to be blunt, because I do think they liked him, but I think he was a body, and they needed they needed defensemen because because Savard was gone as well. Um, so that's a bit of a you know it's an interesting situation, and I, I I was saying this last week too when it shows you how volatile the Blue Jackets back end is when the guy who comes out was just on your top pair. Um, it shows you how there's no there's no clear answers on that right side. I still don't even so. And I was a little surprised that Blankenberg didn't make opening night. Um, the lineup, I mean, just based upon how he played at the end of last season, you know, and the fact that he goes in and and your top pair right side guy comes out. Um, uh, it just it says something about how unsettled that is. There's going to be a lot of change over there in the next couple of years. And it's kind of up to Bokvist, I think, to determine if he stays here or not. Juracek um, certainly was drafted to be a top four guy. Uh, Kuhlemans in that spot was drafted to be a top four guy. Now, is Kuhlemans on? I don't think I don't I think people think Juracek is ahead of Kuhlemans development wise. Um, and I don't think necessarily Kuhlman's goes right into top four. In fact, I doubt he does. He may turn pro next year. He's probably a couple years away from being a bona fide top four. Your check's probably a year away from it being conservative. Um, so where does that leave Bocek or uh, um, Bocek? That's fantastic. Where does that leave uh, Bocek? 
where does that leave peak? Where does that, you know, good Branson's got four years. So there's going to be some changes there. There's going to be some trades there uh, by Yarmo Kekalina. Um, if this thing falls into place as, as planned. And that's what those draft picks are. Um, th- those guys are going to play. Those are first round draft picks. Um, Matichuk's going to be a player here too. He's more of a left side guy. Uh, I'm hoping to get to Moose Jaw this year and check out him for a couple of games too. I might do that on the Western Canadian swing. Um, but yeah, th- there's, it is still, I think, I think the forward group is probably more in, I think you can look at the forward group and see what it's going to be uh, with more clarity right now than you can the back end. Um, because there's going to be a lot of shifting and turning back there. There has to be just based upon, you know, who's coming and, and, and some of the performances there. That's what I would say. Great. Thanks. Really appreciate it. You bet, man. Talk to you soon. Yep. Take care. Let's go to Philip G. I think we're going to try this again. Philip, you there? Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Thanks, man. All right. Um, Two quick questions. First off, I'm sorry I arrived a little late. If you've answered this question already, oh, I apologize. Um, are they rushing line A back, or do you believe that this is like they've taken their time and he really has just healed this quickly? Uh, so I did ask a question similar to that. Is is he restricted in any way? And was told he would not be playing if he were not 100%. Now. When this injury happened, I was told, not by the Blue Jackets, but by people familiar with these injuries, this is a pain tolerance injury. Um, do I think he is 100% as though this thing never happened? Probably not. Is he able to compete? Is he at a risk to get injured again because he's coming back too early? No, that would be a big N-O. Um, they, I, they are smart enough. This is not game six of a playoff series. This is game eight of a regular season. We're not even a tenth of the way in. So I, they're not risking anything by putting him in there. And I don't think they would do that uh, to answer that question. Is But is he his full self? I think he's probably not that. And that may take a little bit of time. As I said earlier, you're right. You may have missed this. He took shots during uh, the morning skate. They did power play practice as they always did, as they always do. I posted a video on my Twitter feed of it, and you can see it. Um, he he has a one-timer. He doesn't just completely unload, but you don't do that in a morning skate. You don't do that in your own goalie with your own guys in front of him anyway. So today's probably not the best place to get a read for that. I think he is probably less than 100%, but not such that he can get injured again. They would not risk that. Gotcha. And the the second question I had actually regards mm-hmm. one of our prospects. Um, sure, sure. Third round pick Jordan Dumais is tearing up the QMJHL. I mean, he is yeah. on pace for 166 points, Love which it. is something we wouldn't have seen in the last 20 years of the QMJHL, with the exception of Sidney Crosby. Is this a is this a situation where um, next year, you know, barring anything bad, we're going to see Dumais brought up to the first team? Because I don't know that 
you can look at what he's doing in the QMJHL and say, oh, yeah, we're going to put him back there one more year because he's going to get more than, you know, uh, that ridiculous amount of points that he's on pace to get. Yeah, I mean, having not talked to anybody in the Blue Jackets management about how he's playing this year, you have to be there. There is a certain adjustment that must be made for the queue. Um, taking nothing away from what he's doing. I don't think he can look at that and automatically say that that means he's NHL ready. Um, and I don't want to doubt the young man either. That's not fair. But I don't think based upon these first two weeks that that's a conclusion anybody would make that he's going to be with them next year. Um, but we've seen this before from Yarmo and company. He's good enough. He will be given a chance. They will, they'll make it happen if he makes it happen. And that's kind of how every game operates. I would say that's unlikely that he goes right to the NHL. And I hate to keep harping on this because the young man's heard it throughout his career, but the size is is going to be a major adjustment for him in the NHL, just as it was for Gaudreau, as it was for as it was for Kent Johnson, who's starting to really come on now. Um, Johnson's six foot tall, though. Um, I think Dumais got an incredible skill set, but the, I would say the chances of him going right from the queue to the NHL, third round pick, not likely. But you rule nothing out. Ultimately, it's up to the kid and. The other thing I think you have to consider is look how young this team is and how deep this team is on the wing. So the first question is, is he good enough? And the second question is, is he better than, you know, look at the the left side. Is he better than Gaudreau, Johnson, Chinikov? So those are your left wingers tonight. That's a tall order. Right side, is he better than Line, Voracek, Nyquist? Now Nyquist may be gone. Marchenko may be here. Um, so those are some pretty big hurdles that that need to be cleared. Even if he looks NHL ready, what's the depth chart look like for him um, next year? So I would say unlikely, but again, never I would never rule anything out because it is always, always about the player and can the player do it. That's the biggest and only question. Gotcha. Well. Thank you so much for that. Um, I appreciate well, thank it. You. Yeah, thanks for thanks for the call. Thanks for calling back in. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, let's go to some 
questions. Here's a Jeff P. CBJ looked better than expected against the Rangers. Is this the start of things coming together? Well, you know, it is, um, you got to be careful here. Every loss can't be the end of the world and every win the start of something spectacular. Um, we're early in the season. Everything is magnified. I think on the uh, on the whole, the way that they played in Columbus, especially after that loss at home to Pittsburgh, uh, should be really reassuring to people. I think it was really important for them to play well, um, to have an authoritative win. I still think they can play a lot better, uh, defensively especially. And I know people are really going, but the puck was in their zone a lot. And Tarasov was really good. Um, I think they can play better, but they played really, really well in a tough situation in a game where they could be, could have been still reeling from Pittsburgh. So that's, that's all a good sign. And I think we've seen a couple of those examples this year. I wrote a piece um, for Sunday, the top of the Blue Jacket Sunday gathering. And of course it comes across to some people as excuse making, but I do think it's pertinent. You look at some of the teams that they've played against. Pittsburgh's the, the glaring example. Crosby, Malkin, Latang, they've played together for 17 years. There are so many guys in the Blue Jackets dressing room that do not remember a time when those guys were not Pittsburgh Penguins. That's been their entire life. And that sort of camaraderie and continuity and belief is extremely powerful, especially when you're a team that's as talented as the Penguins and you have within you that built-in belief that even at down 2 nothing and 3-1, even if you're Chris Letang, the two egregious turnovers that lead to the two early Columbus goals, you can slough it off and just play, and you're going to be okay. And you look at other teams that they've played this year and struggled with, Carolina. That team has a whole cluster of players that have been together for a very long time. Tampa's the same way. Now, Columbus had that cluster of players with you know, with Jones and Savard and Felino and Atkinson, they gave it a run with those guys. Those guys were together. They had a bond. Boone was part of it as well. Um, Rowinski at the end, for sure, part of it. It didn't work, so now you move on. But now they're in that other part of the cycle where they're building up toward that. And you've got, if I remember correctly, I think 12 of the 18 players have been in Columbus for less than two years. So there's so much that's still building it's it's about talent for sure, but it's also about work, the working togetherness of it all, and having those experiences that you can fall back on. Knowing the Jake was Jake Voracek was great on this. Knowing the little tendencies the players have, he made that incredible pass to Blankenberg against Nashville, and, and Blankenberg scored a great goal. Um, but that was as as Voracek said, no, that was eye contact, and that was me seeing him. At another time. When we've played together for multiple hundreds of games, perhaps, I can make that pass knowing he's going to be there. And you see that sort of intelligence between the Penguins players. You see it between Carolina, Tampa, um, even Nashville has got a cluster of players. Columbus is, is behind on that. And that's, they're supposed to be. That's what a restart is, but there are growing pains that come with that. Um, so there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be times where it looks like they don't know what the hell they're doing um, because they, they haven't done it. And it's not so much, um, you know, who, who they're, who's doing it, but who they're doing it with and just building that sort of communication that can only be created after years and years and years. Um, 
let's go to Craig L says any update on Blankenberg? Hopefully nothing serious. What doesn't sound like it's serious. They're calling him day to day. Uh, he did not take the morning skate today. Not surprising. If you're not going to play, you typically don't. Um, unless you're an extra, he is, he's out for sure. And that's why, uh, Gavin Bayreuther is here. Uh, but it, I don't get the sense that it's as long as line A's or that it's seen as that serious. So they're calling it day to day. Um, which is good news. Um, Jeff P, uh, who just answered one from, we'll get to this one too, because it's a, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a local thing. I uh, he said, hearing good things about three tigers in Granville worth the trip to try it out. It is, it is worth it. And the owner is also a big blue jackets fan. His name is Lonnie. Look him up. Uh, great beer, great menu, great place. It's in the former, uh, Granville fire department downtown. So it's got a cool, uh, it's got a cool setting right there in the heart of the village. Um, Kevin G. So is that second line going to be coined that nineties show? Um, you know, I don't, uh, I'm with you, Kevin. I like, I like there to be lines so that we can name lines, but I think this is four games in a row for it. I think you should need, I think there's a minimum, um, 10 games, maybe 20 games you have to play before your line gets a name. It's a little unsettled for me now. And I get the play on the, the, the 70s show, of course, was the TV show, but also an LA Kings line. Um, 90s show kind of works for me, but there's got to be a 90s reference that may hit it a little more on the head. Um, I, I don't mind the 90 line, but uh, they better stay together because that's what it's going to take. And I'm also worried about coming up with one, a nickname. Because the moment you do that, they're going to break it up. You know they are. Um, Craig L says, weird question. Who chooses the arena music? I keep hearing songs from my favorite band, the Struts, both this season and last. I, I believe that would be Derek Dolly. He's sort of in charge of all things game presentation. I can poke around on that, though. Um, yeah. You know, the Struts. I like that. I like that they're your favorite band, too. Um, I believe that's Dolly's domain. Yeah, and uh, you know what? You got to pay attention because there's some, there's some. Usually, there's some topical music in there. A lot of times, the organ player will get pretty interesting too, um, and pick stuff out that's that's um meaningful or topical for that uh, night or that day or something that's going on in the news. Uh, Henry F says, any chance of Foodie getting a start on the fourth line? Chance, sure. Um. There's absolutely a chance, but I think we can say that uh, that um, Brad Larson likes Corrali in the middle of Robinson and Olivier. Good debate would be which of those two wingers would Foodie come in for? Hey, um, yeah, I liked Foodie's game. I got to say, I was surprised at at how he played really well. I thought in the in the Rangers game, um, very noticeable. Uh, Johnny H says, of course, none of us have examined line A, but doesn't this seem like they're rushing him back? He isn't needed for Arizona, so why not wait until Boston are better? Johnny, all I can tell you is, if you're worried about it, you have to understand that the Blue Jackets are as worried about it as you, as you are, if not more so. This is their baby. This is their commodity. This is their prize right winger. They would not be sending him back in just to play Arizona. And I think they don't want to, you know, they don't want to just hold them out 
Uh, if he doesn't need to be held out, let's go. Um, they say he's good enough. The doctors say he's good enough. So I understand your reluctance to not believe that he's good enough. When you hear three or four weeks and he's back, I think probably five days early. But I got to tell you, when he was out shooting pucks about four days after the fact, that looked to me like a good sign. that He wasn't blasting him. He's still going through the motion. Um, and he seemed optimistic from that day forward. So um, I would say leave it up to the medical experts, leave it up to the team. They're not going to they're not going to risk this. They they would be more concerned about about Patrick Liney than Johnny H is. So think of it that way. Uh, Mikhail B says, is Kent Johnson staying in the lineup? Yeah, I don't uh, I don't see any reason to take him out right now. He's really started to come on and play with confidence. And, and boy, does he can that kid move a puck and can he does he see the ice in a different way? He is just getting started. Um, so, yeah, I don't see a scenario as long as he continues to play like this where he comes out. So. Um, Mac H says late to the call. How far away is Marchenko from getting a call up? Well, I don't think he's far away. He's right there in Cleveland and he's scoring. He's a point machine with the monsters. Um, but let's be clear here. The team wants to see certain things from him. Uh, not just, not just points. I think they know he can get points. They want to see him adjusting and playing the way that's going to bring him success in the NHL. So we plan to poke around a little bit on this later this week and have something for the Sunday Notebook, uh, the Blue Jackets Sunday Gathering, about Marchenko and um, Juracek. Just how those guys are right on the edge about how the team needs to handle them maybe differently than they would a Bayreuther or a Bemstrom. Um, this is a different animal. They need to see certain things from them before they come up. And they need to develop these guys the right way. Marchenko's different, a lot different than Yurchek because he's been a pro. He's three or four years ahead of uh, age, age-wise of Yurchek. Yurchek needs their kid gloves that need to be applied to Yurchek. Um, Marchenko's more about can he play the right way and then come up rather than just hey this guy's scoring get up here. Um, John L says, what would it take for the Yotes? to leave Jakub Chitron behind tonight, Jacob Chitron. Um, it would take a hell of an offer from the Blue Jackets that they do not seem willing to uh, put on the table just yet. Uh, they've been trying to trade Chitron for how long now? Um, the, the demand is high. It's very high. Uh, the other thing from the Blue Jackets' perspective is he's a left-side guy. Um, you know, So maybe Gavrikov has to be part of it. Now are you as excited about chicken being traded? Um, yeah, I, I, it doesn't seem like it's an ideal fit for them here. Um, so let's see. Philip W says, any update on Blankenberg? We just went away with that. We just went on with that. Uh, Don M, you know, it's really scary about these guys is I, I, I read the questions before I really know what they are. So I'm kind of, I'm trusting you here. Uh, Don M, fun question for you, Porty. Any other former Jackets have talented kids playing hockey we might see in the NHL one day? It's been cool seeing how hockey just seemed to be so natural for Cylinder. Yeah, that's a good question. So there's a lot of guys whose kids play locally. I know Dorset's kids play, uh, or kid plays. Um, Nash's kid played for a while. I think Shelley's kid played, but now 
is, is a superb golfer. Um, yeah, there's, for some reason I'm forgetting a few. Um, I don't know if there, if any of these guys are definitely NHL types. Um, many of them are so young. It's a little ridiculous to even think that way. Um, at this point, I mean, we're talking, some of these kids are like between six and 10 years old. So we're still a ways off from that. Sillinger was a veteran when he was here. Um, of course, Cole Sillinger born here, but yeah, it will be, listen, if you don't feel old, uh, now for sure, there will, there will be things that, uh, that will get you, get you going. I'm told, uh, Chris Clark's kid is a very good AAA player too. So, um, there's one, one name to keep on mind. There will be a reminder that you're extremely old soon enough. I, I trust. Uh, Jonathan B says, I consider myself a pretty rational and level-headed fan. Okay, here we go. Here comes the almighty butt. There it is. But that Pittsburgh game broke me a little. That one did. The effort and win against the New York Rangers restored a bit of faith. <laughs> but this just feels like another CBJ team that won't have consistent effort slash results and won't be good enough for the playoffs or bad enough for an elite draft pick. Well, Jonathan, let me say this. I, um, I'm not sure effort is the issue. It's they didn't just they didn't quit against Pittsburgh. Their will was broken against Pittsburgh. Penguins can do that to you, and have done that to them numerous, numerous times. I, the inconsistency, I don't think, is effort. It's not laziness. It's not that they just decide, you know, screw it. Let's take the third period off. Who cares? Um, so often in hockey, it 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 slowness or indecision or ineptitude looks like laziness. I think in this case, a lot of it is an experience and it's struggle and it's confusion. Um, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm making excuses for him. I don't think I am. I think that's realistic. Um, it's, it's just not going to be until they get up to a certain age with certain experience. This is a league that can just eat you alive. Um, look how Cylinders played the first seven games of this season. No points. Really has not been a very uh, effective player. Um, this game humbles some of the best athletes we we know. And it has a way of doing that. And Pittsburgh's done that to them how many times? It's just, it is a big brother, little brother scenario. And if you've got a big brother or if you are a big brother, you probably get that reference. You let your you let your brother take a six nothing lead in nerf hoop. You get him believing, and then you just break his will, and you beat him eight to six. Um, if the Penguins have that ability against the Blue Jackets, when's that going to change? I don't know. Um, when are they going to rise up and not accept that anymore? When do they have the capacity and the ability to rise up and not accept that anymore? That's the question. That's what they're. But they're. This isn't. I would. I would say this and. I don't think this is a team that is a finished product. I don't think they've pitched it as a finished product. If that were the case and they were just kind of in no man's land standings wise, then I, I think you'd be absolutely right to, to voice frustration. Um, I think they still can make a strong argument that they're on their way to something that they're still trending upward, but they're going to, it's never a straight line and there are going to be, there are going to be growing pains along the way. And uh, that's that's where it's at here. Um, and those will continue, as will the unpredictable 
games in New York where your your eyes pop out of your head sometimes. And this team's learning to play and learning to play together. And that takes, there's no substitute for time. Jeff M says, what is up with Gavrikov's contract? You've said the team is more interested in signing him than he is in signing. Um, I don't think I've said that. The Blue Jackets and Gavrikov's um, representation have talked. I'm told it went nowhere or not even close to what the two sides were thinking. So it sits. Um, they've got him till this summer. Got a long way to go yet. Um, but nothing, at last check, no traction there on a deal. Um, John T, can you compare the locker room this year to any other year? Are they a close group? Um, I think this is a very close group. It's kind of dicey, though, for what we what we do for a living. We're in the room sporadically. It's not. Um, it's not really an opportunity to measure all of those things, but you can get body language reads on people. I think this group gets along really well. I really do. And I think they've made a concerted effort, Yarmo and company, to bring in guys that fit in within that club setting. I think Liney has really found a comfortable spot here where it didn't seem comfortable at first. Um, yeah, there's a lot of personalities. There are a lot of cultures at work and inside an NHL dressing room. This one seems pretty tight. I don't know how to compare it to, to other rooms. You know, there were really awful seasons where the team is just out of it. And you you sense that guys are pretty checked out late in the season. Um, but it, it's kind of hard to get a read on how well everybody gets along or doesn't get along. Um, but all signs are that th these guys seem to be pretty tight. Nick S says, rate Gavrikov's play so far this season. He's been okay. What's the likelihood he re-signs with the Blue Jackets with all the young draftee talent? Um, I think they want to keep him. I think they, they want to keep him. He's also a left-side guy where Juracek and Kuhlman's are right-side guys. So there's a desire to keep him. They're not going to let him just walk away, Yarmouk Kekalainen has said. What does that mean? It means they're going to try to sign him. I think you could also take that to mean that if they can't sign him, then he is a trade chip at the trade deadline, along with Nyquist if they're not in it. Um, so, yeah. Zied, or Zide, sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, R says, should the Elvis panic be as serious as it is with his struggles last season and how he's played this season? Should they be giving Tarasov the nod right now or let Elvis get his confidence back? Um, well, they are letting Tarasov start against the Coyotes tonight. He's the guy. We're going to get to some questions in the queue right after this one. Um, yeah, Tarasov tonight against the Coyotes. I think you go with the hot hand, I, and I don't think you give up on Elvis. There's no way you give up on Elvis. Elvis is a hell of a goaltender. I think it's probably a good thing that Elvis gets pushed here. When's the last time he was pushed here? Right? This can be a really good thing for him. Uh, competitive it, it, uh, within the team. That's a good thing. doesn't mean they don't get along. They can get along really, really well, and they can make each other better. I think uh, Elvis could benefit from Tarasov being a really good goalie as much as anybody. Um, let's see. Let's go to the queue. Let's go to Scott G. Hello, Aaron Portfine. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Um, so I consider myself a hockey fan who appreciates the finer points of the game. Um, up until I hear Zach Wierenski talk about a play and then I'm like, oh, I don't understand anything about this game at all. Um, 
So I'm wondering, one, does anyone else on this current team think the game as well as Zach Wierenski does? And uh, also, The Athletic recently had an article come out that was like how to watch NFL football like a pro or something to that effect. Um, And yeah, I I thought it was an awesome article that kind of gave insight to like, you know, the the, the the finer points of the game essentially and i'm wondering if there's anything in the works for an nhl version of that sort of thing so let me handle that one first to my knowledge no um but i'd have to poke around with editors and see if there's a story like that in the offing it sounds like something they'd be interested in um i like stories like that i love i love um i've been wanting to write a story for a few years but they keep changing the pregame warm-up routine. This is not what you're talking about, I know. But a lot of team, a lot of people watch warm-ups and think that it's just a sort of a shoot-around. It's a very coordinated exercise. Who gets the pucks out of the net? Um, the rhythm of it. How many pucks the goalie faces before he switches off to the backup for a breather? Um, the line rushes. All of that stuff. The timing of it is all orchestrated. And I'd love. To, <coughs> excuse me. I'd love to sit with a player and discuss who sets all of that stuff up, how they determine it. And like the order that the players come onto the ice is meaningful to them. Um, but yeah, that, that, how, how to watch an NHL game as a scout would, or as a, as an X's and O's guy would, would be, would be uh, interesting as in terms of thinking the game, I think Voracek is there. Like, there are certain guys that it's great. It's so illuminating to just sit beside them and ask them really specific questions like you're talking about um, and just hearing what they see. And as a, as a guy who's never played hockey, there's, it, there's, that is such a, a benefit um, to see how they, they break things down and, and the reads that they make. Obviously Goudreau's got an incredible read on, on hockey. I think a young player, I think Kent Johnson is one of those guys that, sees what's happening all over the ice at the same time. Wierenski for sure. Blankenberg might be that guy too. Um, I don't know that I've said this for years too. If you're not, I think sometimes people who don't skate can lose an appreciation for what's happening on the ice in front of them uh, because they don't, there's not enough, if you haven't tried to skate and, and failed miserably, there's not enough respect for how well everybody on the ice is skating. And, you know, people talk about which is the hardest pro sport to do. Um, hit a baseball, you know, uh, throw, throw a pass in the NFL. No one talks about the NHL just having to, first of all, be able to skate like these guys do. All of them do. Um, and they're so good at it, you forget that they're actually moving on blades. Um, that's, so there's all of that and, and being able to process at a higher speed because of that, than you can running in in any other sport, you're going so much faster. Um, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. And if you just do freeze frames, especially from ice level, you see how much the picture of what they have in front of them, what to do with the puck, how much it changes and even one-tenth of a second, two-tenths of a second. And so that sort of innate 
uh, ability to process all those things. Gaudreau's got it for sure. Johnson. Most of these guys have it at a level that very few of us can even comprehend. But even within that subset, there are people who are better at better at it than others. Um, Warinsky's great at it um, for sure. And, and that that is the one thing that Jarmo Kekalainen tries to measure almost above all else when he goes scouting. He wants to see the processor because even if the feet can't move as fast as somebody else's, a, a, a brain that can, pro, can process everything and be ahead of the play can make you look so much faster than anybody else. Awesome. Thanks for chatting. Well, thank you, man. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's go to uh, Jonathan R. Jonathan, go ahead. Um, I actually was going to ask something else, but based off your last question, I actually it reminded me of something sure. um, about thinking about the ice. And what uh, I always remember with, when Panarin was playing was that there were so many times he would make passes to guys because he saw lanes that nobody else saw. And that's one of the things that makes it so effective out there. Yeah. And most of the time, the guy wasn't ready for the pass because he didn't see the lane. He didn't know the puck was coming to him. That's right. That's um, right. You know, and it, and it created so many times where like a great play could have happened, but didn't right. because that guy didn't catch it. Right. That's right. And I'm thinking like, to me, what's exciting about like having a guy like Goudreau who can do that and having a guy like line a, who I think also thinks the game very high level, even if he's like a playmaker, but he's ready for those kinds of passes. And then potentially, you know, he gets there, Ken Johnson, if he could get to that one C kind of role, um, three guys that can think the game like that could be just amazing to watch on, on offense, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's, I, I'm super excited to see Plane back tonight since we were waiting all summer for that too. Exactly. exactly. So, um, but I wanted to ask, I, I, I'm not sure if you've talked at all about the, uh, I, I know I'm sure you have talked some about the defensive controversy, um, but uh, that's going to be brewing with prospects and everything like that. But, but with, with the whole good Branson thing, and I know, you know, he had a better game on Sunday and I'm not, I'm not like a hater trying to say we need to get rid of him now or anything like that. But I've got to be, I'm thinking that that's going to be a hard contract to swallow in, in two, three years from now. Um, when some of these younger guys are going to be really pushing for spots without having to move out with some of these guys. What, what, what do you what do you think there? I mean, even right now, what, once Langenberg's back, who's sitting again on that right side? Yeah, yeah. well, I think I think the answer to who's sitting is probably going to be focused again unless he plays lights out here. Um, it, is a, it is a jam over there. I don't think you're going to see Branson sitting. Um, 
they like if they like having a physical edge in there. And I don't think that Branson's the benefit of him has really shown up just yet. I'm not one of those that that is um, waiting for good Branson to 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 live down to the contract or or uh, to, to struggle. I, I think he's I think he's going to be fine. I think it's I think it's on the team to create a role for him. And they know this before they even sign him. Um, that is perfect for his style of game. And it's a it's a work in progress. So is a lot of this stuff. I don't think Olivier has been necessarily great early, but I'm not going to give up on him and say it's the player that can't play. Um, I think you're waiting for things to still come to fruition here with a lot of different situations. Now, I'll say this too. We're living in a flat cap world where everything looks hard to move right now because nobody has any cap space. Um, but that's going to start loosening up here. And what looks to be an immovable contract now, based upon our current situation, I mean, our, I mean the Blue Jackets, I mean the NHL in general, can change dramatically if the cap begins yeah. to climb again and teams start to have room again, which is going to start happening because, believe it or not, COVID may not be behind us, uh, but it seems like the COVID suffering for the league's business model is behind us, and I hope it continues to be that way. Um, so the cap's going to going to go up, and and teams have a hard time taking on four million now, but that's not a crazy sum in a couple of years. I, and if if it comes to it that the Branson is seen as superfluous here or redundant, um, he's not going to play regularly then I think you'd be able to move it. But I I, I would say to, to those not excited by a good Branson or the contract, you know, I wouldn't pass judgment two weeks into the season. I wouldn't pass judgment based on what other people in other markets have said or what the the analytics have said. You know, base it on what NHL players and NHL teams think. And Calgary loved the guy. And needed the guy, and Columbus feels like they're a, a team that's going to need that as well, especially if they start to play important games. That's the thing I think also that Yarmulkekline is taking into account with some of these signings. Um, the the goal for this team, yes, is to make the playoffs, but I think some of these players become more effective players in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. We've seen that time and time again, especially as you start to deep in the playoffs, which I'll remind you, this team has not ever done. Um, but yeah, they're, they're look at some of the other teams that have gone deep in the playoffs and the changes that they've made to facilitate that Tampa, Colorado, they got tougher and you don't necessarily need it every night in the regular season. But if you're going to make a run, you do need it in the postseason. So I'm kind of a jury still that guy. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, thanks for the call. Let's go to uh, Paul B. We'll take a couple more. Paul, go ahead. Hey, Porty. How's it going? Good, man. You? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, I'm curious uh, regarding Lars. How well of a job do you think he does at holding the guys accountable? Uh, I know he's obviously very different than Torts in the way he speaks to you guys. Uh, 
about the players, but he seems almost sometimes overprotective of the guys. He keeps a lot of it in-house. So I'm just curious what your your feel is on how he does uh, holding the guys accountable night to night. Yeah, well, I don't think how what he says to us should necessarily be an indication of him keeping them accountable. So there's there's the public accountability, whereas uh, you'll speak, you know, you'll you're, you'll air the players' weaknesses or struggles out publicly. A lot of coaches don't do that, especially a lot of former players don't do that. I would say that's one big difference between Torts and and Larson to keep in mind. Um, so there's that, but I, I I do think that I do think that that Larson has a a reputation for making black and white calls within the roster within the room. Now the Blankenberg thing on opening night or ha- scratching him in the first three nights is a is a curious decision, and that would be he and Steve McCarthy. Um, that kid was is so clearly an energy producer on the back end, probably their second best defenseman. The way he played in some of those games, their best defenseman. How he didn't end up in the starting lineup the first few games is beyond me. Um, but it sure, it reeks like veteran slash contract decisions were made. In other words, we're paying Boakfast how much? Okay, he's going in. Um, he's been, he's done it before. He's going in. Um, and Boakfast at the end of last season was just so, so impressive. Um, that should not get him the job just straight on, but if he has the camp he had and he did, my God, he ended camp with a, a kneeling in front of an Alexander Ovechkin shot. If that doesn't tell me somebody wants to make the team and the lineup, I'm not sure what does. Um, so there's that, but I, I, you know, when I, when I covered Larson a little bit in Springfield and he would make some pretty ballsy scratches when he was the AHL coach that didn't sit well with, with some of the better players or their agents. Um, the NHL is a different animal. I don't think he's been called upon to scratch a big ticket player yet, but look what's going on in goal right now where he was pretty frank today about Elvis's struggles. And the fact that Tarasov is starting and will continue to get action if he continues to play like that, that Elvis hasn't been good enough and has to work some stuff out. Um, so, I, you know, he's never going to, and I don't think John Tortorella did either. He's never going to step out of line and say something to us that he wouldn't say to a player. He's never going to say something that isn't a, a constructive critique. Um, but he's... I, I do think he's he's got it in himself to 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 uh, drop the hammer if he needs to. Um, we'll get to a couple more questions here uh, from the chat room. Johnny H says, "Have you asked for a popper stopper for Christmas for your microphone?" I wish I knew what that was. If it's a profane reference and I just went public with it, by all means, forgive me. Phillips says, Sillinger's been a little disappointing to me so far this year. I know with a full season with the big club last year, it's really unlikely. But how long would he have to go scoreless before the team is sent down to Cleveland? Is there anything specific you notice in his game that is lacking or why he's had such a hard time? Yeah, so I, I don't know that they measure him just by points, although no points through seven is glaring. Um, to me, it's the scoring chances that have they've not dried up. He's had some chances. Um but they're not coming as fast and fierce as they did last year. So 
you know, if, if it continues, sure, I think that's something you have to look at. Uh, Cleveland, he's not above it by any stretch, but I, I don't think we've reached that point yet. And I do think he was a little bit better in in New York. I think everybody was a little bit better in New York. Um, I can't stand seeing Jake on the PP1 opposite of Johnny. Can we please see someone willing to shoot in that spot? How's Patrick Liney for you, Drew asked. Patrick Liney goes into that spot. Voracek now on the second unit. Ronald D says, if Tarasov stays hot, stays with the big club, what happens to Corpy when he is ready to go? That's a freaking great question. Um, and it's a it's a question that they'll need to confront. This is what uh this is how so many guys in the NHL get their jobs. I'm speaking of Tarasov. It's never the door is never opened for you. You have to knock it off of the hinges. And you do that with your play. We'll see how long he goes here. See if he can do it. Um, they'd send Corpy to the minors if they had to. Tarasov's doing great. Yeah, they'd send him to the minors. When Kent Johnson was drafted, the team viewed him as a center. Is that still a possibility? A lot of analysts seem to scoff at the idea, but he's got good height and explosive skills. Joe P. Joe, it, it is possible. Yes, it is possible. Um, I think we're also looking at that and continuation of the previous question, if Sillinger continues to struggle. Um, now, Johnson's got to get stronger. He's got to be able to win face-offs. Right now, Rostovic's been good on the face-off dot. Jenner's been really good. Um, so where's Johnson in that? I, I I like him on the wing. I think he does fine on the wing. He's he's played well with Rostovic and Voracek. Um, but there's I don't think it's out of the question that he sees time in the middle again. Uh, was there ever a desire in the 20-plus years of the Blue Jackets organization to pull what Chicago's doing this year? Uh, do you mean tanking but winning? Or do you mean, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Um, anyways, um, Philip G says, I hope we play an outdoor game against Detroit in the horseshoe right before or right after Michigan versus Ohio State. That would be great. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, Yarmo, Yarno, <laughs> Yarno M says, can others mute when Aaron is speaking? Hey, chill out, Yarno. Um, let's see. I think that's it. Um, we made it for a full hour. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I think we got to all the questions. Um, really appreciate your time. Hope we have a new message. Hold, please. Uh, sorry, I thought you knew. Oh, this is Johnny H here. He's asking about my microphone. Y'all don't need to know about that. Um, thanks again. We will uh, get together early next week from, oh, my God, Finland. Um, I got a first check here, um, see what the wireless conditions are, and also see if it's going to cost us 400 bucks a minute because uh, the company may frown upon that. Uh, but we'll try to, to convene next week from Helsinki, and that'll be cool. I'll have a couple of long drinks beside me. It will be nighttime in Helsinki. Um, I'll send along some pictures to, to add to the to the uh, aesthetic. But thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. And thanks for all the questions, of course. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.